Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. We're delighted to have you here. If you're visiting, I especially welcome you, and we're just so excited to have you here, and we pray that this service of worship will speak to your heart and your soul. Will you all please join me in the call to worship? Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. Who can forget the wonders he performs? How gracious and merciful is our Lord. He gives food to those who trust him. He always remembers his covenant. All he does is just and good, and all his commandments are trustworthy. Reverence to the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. The rewards of wisdom come to all who obey Praise his name forever. Let us worship the Lord. Please stand with me as we sing our first hymn. have an opportunity as a community to confess our sins together. Will you please join me in the prayer of confession as printed in the bulletin? Almighty God, you have sent your spirit to empower your people for service and to bear witness to your son, Jesus Christ. We confess to you that we often resist your calling to honor you by loving and serving others. Though you guide us in your truth and love, we often go a different way. Forgive us for our sins and help us to open our hearts and minds more fully to you, your spirit and your kingdom among us. Amen. Hear now these words of assurance. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. What better words? 
of grace and forgiveness is that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. We are forgiven and made whole. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of Christ be with you. Please greet those around you with that peace of Christ. Today is the fifth Sunday of the month, and that means it's a Deacon Offering Sunday. We have a benevolent fund, and so all the loose change goes to our deacons. Now, when I say change, I mean the kind that when you put in the basket, it makes no noise. <laughs> Just saying. Our benevolent fund helps those who are in need. Many are in crisis. They either have an emergency or they have fallen short of being able to make payments due to other things in their life, we come alongside and we help them out, both in this church and in our community. So I would invite you to give graciously as you prepare. If you like an envelope, just write deacons on the outside of that if you prefer. Now, next Friday, this coming Friday, on August the 5th, we have family night here, and where it's a movie night, and it's over in the Fellowship Center. Everybody is invited. It begins at 5. They're going to feed us, and then we're going to watch a Disney movie in Canto. So for those of you who grew up with Disney, it's like come back and enjoy all those wonderful things. If you want to bring your beach chair or a blanket just so that you feel like you're outside watching at a drive-in theater or something, go ahead and do that, but we invite you into the Fellowship Center. And then on August 14th is our summer sunset jazz concert with Dante Fire. Dante is uh, one of our musicians that plays at the first service. Very, very gifted, great ensemble that he's bringing together. That's on the 14th, it's five to seven. Now you can bring a, a picnic dinner or we will have a food truck, just in case you forgot or you're still hungry. So you can order food once you get there. Again, bring your chairs, blankets, whatever you would like. It will be outside on the patio. And then I'm just, just looking way ahead now. On September the 4th is our Village Fest. I want you to prepare ahead. We will meet just one service, 10 a.m. in here, and then once again have a great feast and festivities outside. If you are new, you should be picking up on the fact that we love fellowship and we love food. You know, they kind of go together. So any of those three, we invite you to participate in, but just make sure that you put on your calendar September the 4th for our Village Fest. And then lastly, this phenomenal choir invites you between now and August 21st to come and join them. Just show up at 9.45. You'll learn the song for the day, and you'll enjoy great fellowship. It's a little addicting. I, I think I can say that here because it's such a good fellowship and because they make such great music. So we invite you to come and fill your soul.
As we prepare to gather for a time of prayer, in which time at the end of the prayer I will invite you to join me in the Lord's Prayer. I forgot a very important person, Jim Rao, who's visiting us today. Uh, Jim and I have known each other. We figured it out. We started in ministry, uh, different churches, different places, in youth ministry, and we both agreed we're way too old for that now. He said, I don't think I can keep up with the energy, and I thought, I don't think I could keep up with all the other things that go on with youth ministries, but I am um, honored to have him come and share with you this morning, a man of God, holy of holy. His wife is here, so Elizabeth, you could meet her afterwards, and your nephew? My nephew. Your nephew. I think you are the tallest person here today, so we want to welcome you. <laughs> we pointed you out, but will you now please uh, welcome them afterwards, but for now, join me in prayer. Gracious and almighty God, we gather today in your presence as a community of followers of your son, Jesus. We come to praise you, to give thanks for who you are and the way in which you love and care for us. We come to be forgiven and to again be filled afresh with the presence and power of your Holy Spirit. Hear our prayers, our Father, and give us peace as we trust you with our very being. Lord God, you made us in your image. Help us to embrace one another as you do, beloved and blessed not in need of fixing, but in need of authentic welcome. Forgive us for staring at those who are struggling with physical or mental ailments, for those who are disabled by birth or by accident that has left them vulnerable. Change our hearts towards those who are disabled. Help us to embrace them, include them, pray for them as we pray for all people. Open our hearts to receive the gifts and needs of all people and to become communities where everyone can find a place. Lord of all the earth, everlasting you are our God, our dwelling place in all generations. We give you thanks for the elders among us. Bless them, O God, as they are a blessing to us. Pour out your spirit that our elders may continue to dream dreams and testify to the light of salvation in Christ Jesus. May we follow their example for serving you with steadfastness and singleness of heart through Jesus. We lift in prayers our young adults launching out into the world. For those headed to college in the next several weeks, we pray that their faith would sustain them and their witness to your grace and mercy stay strong in their years of independence and academic work. Be with their parents as they swell up with pride over their child's next step. Calm their anxious hearts, Lord. We ask that you would be with newlyweds and new parents. Bless marriages, Lord. Protect and encourage and make strong our families. Bless our parents. Give them strength and resolve to continue to raise their children, to know and serve you, our Lord. Lord, we pray for Pastor Jack as he's on holiday. We pray that you would refresh and renew him for when he returns. We pray for our friend, Reverend Jim Rao, as he brings a message this morning. Give us ears to hear your word through your servant, Jim. Lord, hear our prayers for the world, for communities harmed by earthquakes in the Philippines and threatened by wildflowers, wildfires here in California. We pray for the people of Kentucky caught in terrible floods. We pray for farm workers suffering the effects of climate change and recent extreme weather. Lord, have mercy. Hear our prayers. We pray for Europe and the leaders who are working to find energy resources amidst the turmoil of Ukraine and Russia that has limited them. Lord, comfort the people of Ukraine. Protect them and help us, Lord, continue to pray and give aid. Lord, let freedom remain and evil be crushed, we ask. We pray for this nation. We pray for a president, as once again he has COVID, that he would recover quickly. We ask that we would turn from anything that is not your will and embrace the needs of all people. Open our hearts and our homes to do justice and to create a new hope where all hope has been lost. Help us, Lord, to restore all relationships to you through your son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
Brothers and sisters, we bring in faith our gifts, our tithes and offerings as a reflection of gratitude towards our Lord and Savior, towards God who rules us, who cares for us. I invite you to come, there are baskets at the front and also in the back. Come and bring your tithes. If you would please stand for the gospel reading today. Our reading is taken from the gospel of John chapter 21, beginning at verse 15. Hear now the word of the Lord. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you that when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And after this, Jesus said to him, follow me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And you may be seated. <clears throat> Well, failure is a hard thing for us human beings to handle. Almost all of us 
have dealt with failure at one time or another. Some failures have been small and inconsequential. Some of our failures have been large and life-altering. And of course, if we're honest, most of us will admit that there have been those times that we have simply not lived up to our goals for ourselves. I've, of course, had many failures in my life, especially in the area of buying gifts for my wife. Uh, it started in the early years of our marriage and continues through to today. Uh, she was eight months pregnant with our firstborn, and I went to a pastor conference in the Midwest in Kansas City, Missouri, and I wanted her to know that I thought about her while I was away and went into a gift store, and I bought her a cute little t-shirt, and it was not a guy t-shirt, it was a girl t-shirt, and I brought it home and presented it to her, but Elizabeth was not very excited about it. She was feeling very pregnant at the time and featured prominently on the t-shirt from Kansas City, Missouri was a large cow. <laughs> she said, you got me a cow t-shirt when I'm eight months pregnant. What were you thinking? I said, well, it's from Kansas City. It's Jim, you got me a cow t-shirt. Well, fortunately, we got past that episode, but I've had many other failures along the way in my uh, attempts at gift giving. I'm just not a very gifted gift giver, if you will. But of course, other failures in my life are much more serious. Being a pastor is a very tough job. Over 35 years of pastoral ministry, I've said and done the wrong thing on a lot of different occasions. That's why it says in the book of James, very few of us should become teachers in the church. James says, because our words have power, power to heal, but also words to do tremendous harm. And I, I know there's times that I was maybe too firm as a pastor and I should have been gentler. And times I was maybe too soft and gentle when I should have been firmer. And I look back and I think, how many times did I fail different people in different ways in, in leading the people of God in the church? And of course, when it comes to family, uh, right? We all fail a lot. No matter what your family configuration is now or what it's been in the past, we could think about those times. I know times I could have been a much better son to my parents, a much better older brother to my five younger sisters, a much better parent to my kids. And now I get the chance to be a grandparent. And I find I'm in less of a hurry at this stage of life. I can be more patient, more playful, more present for my grandkids than I feel like I was for my own son and daughter when they were growing up. Well, you may have some huge and epic failures in your life, or maybe you just have a lot of small and maybe medium-sized failures. But to be human, it means you are going to fail to live up to your own expectations for yourself and maybe to the expectations that other people might have for you. So we can certainly relate to the situation that the Apostle Peter is facing at the conclusion of John's gospel. His huge failure to be there for Jesus as he had promised he was going to be there for Jesus. Jesus needed him and Peter denied him, right? Jesus was on trial. Peter denied not even knowing him, not just once, but three times. And Peter had told Jesus and the other disciples, even if these other, gosh, these other clowns, right? Even if they deny you, not me, Lord. I'm your man to the very end, even if I have to die. Peter had that expectation for himself, but he wasn't able to fulfill it. And now Jesus has been crucified, but he's been raised again from the dead. And a new chapter is unfolding for Peter and for the disciples, and in a sense, for the whole human race, as Jesus has this breakfast on the shore of Galilee with his disciples Jesus has a charcoal fire he's made there. 
He's cooked up some fish and it says some bread as well. They all sit down, have a nice breakfast of fish tacos. And after breakfast, Jesus has a conversation with Peter. And if you've been in church at all during your life, Peter's a pretty familiar character for, for you. Um, he was a fisherman, rugged guy, man's man. Think about those guys you see if you watch Deadliest Catch on the TV. Guy that's tough. He's got a lot of gumption. He's in touch with nature. He, he's got a lot of uh, instincts if he's going to be a fisherman out there. He's not a nerd like Levi, right? And uh, Peter thought he would be courageous enough to die with Jesus because he'd been courageous and hardworking during his lifetime. And, but then when it came to standing up for Jesus that night that Jesus was betrayed, uh, Peter fell short. He fell short. He fell flat on his face. And he was humbled by this hard life experience. And I think Peter is wondering, does Jesus still have a place for me on his team? Am I worth something to Jesus? He had, he had called me to be a fisher of men, but now that I've failed in such a major way, does he have a use for me, or am I sort of useless, if you will? And I think this question, uh, uh, this concern that we humans have, we, nobody likes that feeling of being cast aside because of our failure to live up to someone's expectations. Um, that's why I think we're moved so deeply. If you watch the Toy Story movies and Toy Story 2, Jessie the little cowgirl doll, the girl's playing with her and Jessie's happy and then the girl starts to grow into teenage years and the little Jessie doll is kicked under the bed and stays there and the girl grows up and is putting on lipstick and boys and rock and roll and all that and goes through her life and then finally under the bed she's going off to college but she pulls Jessie out and Jessie's happy we're gonna do something together again and she's put in a cardboard box and left by the side of the road with the other rummage that's there and I still get misty-eyed every time I watch it with my grandkids because that feeling of being cast aside as if we have no use for someone that matters to us that runs deep and I think Peter is certainly feeling that. Am I going to be cast aside because I didn't come through and live up to these expectations I had for myself and I let the Lord down? But things are going to go differently in the relationship with Jesus and Peter than they went for Jesse and the girl who left her by the side of the road. There's the fire. And it's a charcoal fire, we're told. And this detail is important because we could think, when has Peter had the smell of smoke? Not that long ago, he was there around the fire when he betrayed or when he denied knowing Jesus. And we know the sense of smell is very evocative of memories, right? We know certain smells bring up those memories. And so we can sense that here on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, as Peter smells the smoke and has this conversation with Jesus, his mind is going right to it. What happens now? Does he know what I did? And then uh, Jesus has that question. And he asked Peter the same question basically three times. Peter, do you love me? More than these, others love me. And Peter, he doesn't say, yeah, I love you a lot more than these guys do because I'm the super apostle, right? He says, Lord, you know I love you. He's a little more humble at this stage in the relationship this question, do you love Jesus, is perhaps the key question in a person's life. Everything else about you will flow out of how you answer that question, do you love Jesus? Uh, there's a very outspoken person in my a former congregation in Escondido, Catherine was her name, and uh, she took on the task of managing a, a, a Girl Scout troop that met at the church, and it grew. It was a lot of these girls running around, and one time this little girl, I think she was fourth grade, said uh, to Catherine, I have a boyfriend. 
Catherine says, wow. Well, does he love Jesus? The little girl said, I don't know. She said, you better find out. That's one of the most important things you'll want to know about anyone that you want to have for a boyfriend. Not bad advice. And that's true for you and for me as well. Do you love Jesus? How you answer that question will impact how you conduct your finances, how you relate to your family, how you do your job and your work, how you um, uh, see the world. Do you love Jesus? And it's interesting that here, uh, Jesus doesn't ask Peter, Peter, what college, what seminary did you go to? That's not the key question. Peter, uh, what's your net worth? What's your credit score? That's not the key question, right? Peter, do you know how to work your new smart TV or do you have a lot of trouble with it? That's not the key question, right? Instead, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? That's the key question. Why three times? Well, it's as if Jesus is giving Peter that opportunity in restoration here. Just as there were the three denials before, Jesus knows about him. That's why Peter's sad the third time. He knows I denied him not just once, three times. But he gets the opportunity for three affirmations. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And you know me better than I know myself, right? I thought I would be with you to the end. You knew better than me. But you know me, Lord. I love you in my own imperfect way, in my own sometimes cowardly way. I blow it a lot, but I do love you. Well, the gospel of Jesus Christ is certainly about the grace and the forgiveness that is offered to us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's important. But it doesn't end there, does it? It's not just that opportunity to receive forgiveness and cleansing from our failures and our wrongdoing, but it's the opportunity to have a purpose and not just be cast aside as if we're worthless, but to be used by the Lord to touch lives in the world. Um, I like this quote from Bible teacher Dale Bruner in his commentary on this passage because a lot of people think, well, that was for Peter or that was for uh, Pastor Jack and Pastor Jan and that's for special people. They had that kind of calling, not me. I'm just an average Joe. But here's what Dale Bruner says in, in his commentary on the passage. He says, a key truth in our text is that Jesus calls those disciples who love him represented here by Peter, to one major mission, to take good care of the people Jesus entrusts to them. Parents, their children, children, their parents. Pastors, their congregation, and congregation, their pastors. Working people, their customers, clients, patients, students, personnel, employers, employees, and so on. Friends, their friends, and even their enemies, as Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. And so that commissioning that we find in this passage is not just for Peter, not just for pastors and leaders, but for lay people too. And the main characteristic Jesus seeks for himself above all others is humble and repentant love for himself. If a person loves Jesus Christ, even if his or her past record has not been very good, that person will be ordained, as Peter is, in this passage, to some special service. And so that question uh, for us is not so much, how have you failed? But the question for us is, have you met Jesus? Have you received his grace? And do you love him? And will you allow him to use you in how you treat the little people, the sheep that he entrusts to your care day in and day out? Well, there is then this rather depressing prediction Jesus gives about the end of Peter's life. When you were young, you got to do whatever you wanted, but when you're old, 
Other people will take you where you don't want to go. This is the allusion to the tradition tells us that Peter was crucified upside down because he said, I'm not worthy to die in the same way that my Lord died. That's pretty good. Where he was weak before, he's going to be strong in the future. But it's not an easy road that Jesus sets Peter on here. It's a hard road. That's why Jesus says, take up your cross and follow. And a lot of us, you don't have to go looking for your cross. If you're open to Jesus and you love him and you're willing to be used by him, oftentimes that cross will find you. And truthfully, I remember a poster I saw in college on someone's wall in their dorm room. Don't pray for an easy life. Pray to be a strong person. I think about that a lot because, you know, truthfully, I want an easy life. I mean, and I suspect a lot of you do as well. But, but by the same token, we human beings also do like a challenge, don't we? And so I think it's good that Jesus gives Peter this challenge. Take care of the people I entrust to you and follow me, whatever it looks like. It will lead you to the cross, but it's also going to lead you through Good Friday to Resurrection Sunday and to eternal life in union with the triune God forever. And that's good news and empowering and hopeful for us as we face whatever the Lord has for us ahead in life. Well, final little closing story here. My wife, Elizabeth and I, we were at a, a, a nice little restaurant on Grand Avenue in Escondido, and uh, we're sitting there, and not many people were there that night. It was kind of a week night, and it was a, had sort of open seating, right? So there was a woman over here dining by herself, another woman over here dining by herself, and Elizabeth and me talking. And, but I mean, I'm looking around always. I pay attention to people. And they look very well put together. They look very successful, like you know, this one woman had like a laptop with her, and I thought, yeah, she's doing, you know, she's this other woman there dressed. And I remember thinking, you know, their life must be pretty good, and mine's really hard, right? <laughs> I got a lot of challenges. But after dinner, we started talking to this one woman, and we come to find out, she says, it's been rough. I, I, I had to go back to work after 12 years. I was not working outside the home. My husband was an attorney. He made a lot of money. And he had a heart attack, but he didn't die, but he was brain damaged. So there's no life insurance, and I'm his caregiver now. And I've had to go back to work, and it's hard. It's hard. I thought, wow. And then she paid her bill, and she went out. And then we start talking to this other woman. And I come to find, how'd you end up in Escondido? Well, I, I had to move here. My mom died. And my dad's really sick. He's on dialysis. And I had to move in with my father. And here I am. And I had to get trained on this home dialysis stuff. And I treat myself. I get out for a little bit. I come to this restaurant once in a while. I thought, wow, wow. And so a lot of us have that feeling. Well, when we're young, we get to do whatever we want. And when we're old, uh, uh, or we, when we're young, we feel like we got to do what other people tell us to do. But when we're old, we should be able to do what we want. But Peter's told Peter, you're going to have some challenges on you, and I want you to take care of the people that I'm going to trust to your care, whatever comes, whatever it's going to look like. Well, you may feel like you're stuck in caring for sheep that you never wanted to care for. Maybe they're sheep inside the church. They might be sheep outside the church because Jesus says, I have sheep not of this fold, and they might be someone that Jesus is bringing into his family. But whoever it is, you may not face a big martyrdom like Peter did, but you may face that day in and day out, carrying your cross, giving your life a little at a time to take care of the people that the Lord entrusts to you. Jesus asks, do you love me? And I hope our answer is yes. And then as Jesus said to Peter, he says to us, don't worry about the failures in your life. What's happened in the past, that doesn't define you. Instead, love me in the present. And out of that love for me, I want you to take very good care of the people 
that I bring into your life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Shall we stand together, please, and affirm our faith? From 1 Corinthians, let us say together, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried, he was raised to life on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Afterwards, he appeared to his followers and to all the disciples. This we have received and this we believe. Amen. May the love of the Lord Jesus draw us to himself. May the power of the Lord Jesus strengthen us in his service. And may the joy of the Lord Jesus fill our souls. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and abide with you now and forevermore. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.